welcome to this episode of TES Podagogy. I'm Helen Amos, Deputy Commissioning Editor at TES, and I'm joined today by Dr Emma Mahoney, who's a Chartered Clinical Psychologist with a specialism in working with children and families. Um, and we're talking today because it is Mental Health Awareness Week. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to be speaking to Emma um, about mental health uh, in schools. Welcome, Emma. Thank you for having me today. So um, I'm just going to start um, by asking you um, about the state of mental health um, for young people at the moment. Um, do we know how bad the mental health of young people is? Well, young people nowadays are living in increasingly challenging times, which is having an impact on their mental health. Mm. Um, the stats are really worrying, mm. I'm afraid. Um, 10% of children and young people have a a clinically diagnosable mental health Mm. condition. That's age five to 16. So if you think about the average UK classroom, that's three in every classroom. Um, Suicide's the most common cause of death for people age five to 19. Um, And nearly a quarter of girls age 14 have um, self-harmed in the last year. Mm. That's those who've reported it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would certainly say that's borne out in what I see in clinical practice. Mm -hmm. So it's a really important issue. And I think it's really good that we're talking about it because Mm -hmm. we need to find better ways of supporting young people Mm -hmm. and their families. What are some of the um, most common mental health issues that you're seeing then in these young people? The the range of Mm. of, um, disorders, really. I think Mm -hmm. anxiety disorders and depression Mm -hmm. are more and more common. Mm -hmm. Um, The full range of anxiety disorders, so generalised anxiety, Mm -hmm. um, obsessive compulsive disorder, Mm -hmm. social anxiety, Mm -hmm. um, and then the the other um, mental health problems like psychosis and uh, bipolar disorder as Mm -hmm. well. Um, Mm -hmm. But anxiety and depression, I think, are, are what... Uh, we tend to see most of in clinical practice. Mm -hmm. And how reliable do we know um, the research is around um, current mental health rates for children? Um, Is is the research reliable? I think yes and no. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, I think we are getting much, much better at uh, reporting and recording um, data Mm -hmm. about mental health. Uh, It's an area that's far more researched than it ever has been, um, which is all very positive. Uh, I think as we are talking more and more about it, as GPs are becoming more aware of mental health difficulties, Mm. as teachers are, and professionals who work with young people, more and more young people are coming forward to talk about um, their mental health Mm. and difficulties they might Mm. be having. But I think despite that progress, Mm -hmm. and there's undoubtedly been progress, Mm -hmm. despite that progress, uh, there is a stigma attached to mental health problems. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, young people are worried about being judged. Uh, They're worried about harming future educational uh, prospects Mm -hmm. or uh, employment Mm -hmm. prospects. So I think there's a whole raft of people who may well be struggling with mental health difficulties that we just don't know about. Mm -hmm. So the problem could in fact be even bigger than the statistics show. Mm, I suspect so. Mm. Mm. And and what about um, what's causing some of these problems? What what does the research tell us about about that? So there have been um, really rapid changes in the lifestyles of 
young people over the last 20 years mm -hmm. or so. Um, and there have been lots of factors that have been implicated. Uh, social media is one um, that we that we talk about a lot nowadays. Um, and some of the key issues there are things like people becoming addicted to social media, uh, people making unhelpful comparisons between their own lives mm. and the perceived lives of others mm. as seen through social media, um, jealousy, social media um, interactions, substituting real life interactions, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and cyberbullying, mm -hmm. which is something that, that we're seeing more and more of. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we're all living in a time where we have so much more access to information mm -hmm. for good and bad, um, adults as well as young people. Sure. Um, but young people now, if, if, they, if they don't know something, they can Google it. Yeah. Um, if they want an opinion on something, they will post on social media. Mm -hmm. If there's a problem, they can call someone to come and sort it out. Mm. So those skills of learning how to sit with uncertainty, how to work out how to be self-sufficient, to problem solve, mm. how to work out what you think about things and yourself, those skills which we all need to be robust adults who can live and function in the world, mm -hmm. I think are much harder to learn nowadays. Mm -hmm. And we're expecting and hoping that our young people are going to be able to do that. Mm. So do you think that means then that, that, that teachers or schools have a role to play in providing some of those skills for young people if they're not able to, to learn them as easily uh, as they used to be able to? Absolutely. I think schools are in a unique position mm. to be able to help young people to develop resilience mm -hmm. and I think schools are making giant strides in doing so. Mm -hmm. um, I know there's fantastic work being done with really young children in helping them to develop those skills. Um, yes, so absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, what does the research tell us uh, is, is some of the other um, effective interventions that, that will help young people struggling with, with mental health problems? Mm. Um, well, the interventions tend to be disorder specific. Mm -hmm. um, so what might work for a young person experiencing mild depression would be completely different from what would work with an episode of psychosis, for mm -hmm. example. Mm -hmm. But in general terms, mm -hmm. I think early intervention is absolutely key. Mm -hmm. um, and schools are, are really well placed to, um, to intervene early in difficulties. They see young people every day. Um, they often know about what's going on at home for a young person and they are well placed to have those sort of brief chats whilst doing something else mm -hmm. as opposed to a formal appointment in an outpatient clinic. Right. And I mean, what would you say a, a teacher has a um, a chat with a young person, you mm. know, just while they're sort of packing away at the end of the day, mm. for example, mm. um, and and they they realise that there's something that's not sounding quite right. It's perhaps not mm. a safeguarding issue, but it's it's you know something that sounds a little bit off in the way they're talking about, for example, social media and how they're interacting mm. with it. Mm. I mean, what would you recommend that the teacher then then does? Because um, you know, is it something that you then immediately refer on, or is there something that you can kind of put into to place yourself that might support that young person? 
Yeah, I think that's a really good question. Um, and I think teachers often worry about this, very understandably mm -hmm. so. Um, they want to help a young person, but sometimes they don't know what's the right thing to say. Right. They worry about um, if the young person says something, won't, they won't know how to respond. Mm -hmm. And they worry about making things worse. Mm. Um, so I think this is where really strong leadership and good awareness of mental health in schools comes in. Mm -hmm. um, you, you mentioned safeguarding. I think having really strong, robust safeguarding policies and procedures mm -hmm. is helpful because those are the things that give teachers the confidence and the security to be able to ask those questions. Mm -hmm. And I think if, if you are concerned about a young person, it might not necessarily be something they've said. It might be something that you see. Mm -hmm. So you might see them perhaps, you know, a previously sociable child who is suddenly always on their own, mm -hmm. a child who is starting to come into school dirty and unkempt, mm -hmm. um, a young person who's acting out in the classroom. Uh, all of those sorts of things and changes in, in, a, in a young person's behaviour are all warning signs and red flags that there might be something going on. Mm -hmm. Might be other things, but it should be sort of alerting you to the fact that there, that there may be um, a mental health difficulty. Mm. Um, and uh, the, the advice I would give is, is to just ask. Yeah. Um, very simply, ask if someone's okay mm -hmm. um, and there are some fantastic so I work with an organization called Youth Mental Health First Aid mm -hmm. which provides training for teachers in how to spot the signs of mental health problems how to respond and how to um, uh, advise and guide a young person mm. into to getting help mm -hmm. um, and they've produced for um, for World Mental Health Day on the 10th, um, 10th of October, a uh, hands up for um, Healthy Minds um, toolkit, which is, um, it's, it's got lots of information. It's totally free through the um, Mental Health First Aid website. Yeah. Um, there's infographics there, there's tips on talking to teens, there are presentations you can download. Um, and that gives some really practical advice to teachers on how to um, how to start those conversations, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I suppose it needs to be um, not just individual teachers doing this, but it mm. does need to be a, a whole school approach. You mentioned yeah. before about the safeguarding policies and about leadership. Yeah. I mean, is this something that um, school leaders perhaps need to make themselves more aware of as well? Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, a whole school approach is always most helpful. And there are some schools doing fantastic work. Mm -hmm. I work with, um, I know a teacher who works up at a school in Hendon mm -hmm. who has a team of young people who are sort of mental health champions within the school. Right. Um, and, you know, building resilience, intervening early, teaching kids from an early age um, healthy coping strategies mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so that when they do reach adolescence mm. they have healthy coping strategies to draw on as opposed to being drawn into less healthy mm -hmm. adaptive ways of managing mm -hmm. like drugs and alcohol like self-harm 
like difficulties with food and eating, mm -hmm. those sorts of things. And what are some of those coping strategies you might pass on to children? The healthy ones. Yes, the healthy ones, <laughs> the obviously, healthy not ones, the unhealthy yes. ones. You don't want to pass on the drugs and the, you know. <laughs> no, no, that's not. Um, <laughs> so the healthy ones would be things like uh, talking to people, um, exercise, uh, diet, keeping a healthy, balanced diet, getting enough sleep, um, knowing what works for you. So for some people, it might be taking a bath, listening to music. Mm -hmm. uh, for someone else, it might be going for a run or taking a walk. Uh, it's different for, for everyone, but um, letting people know that there is a whole range of things that they can be doing to support themselves, to look after themselves, mm -hmm. um, is, is really important. And also teaching them about mental health, that it's not something that just refers to mental health problems. Mm -hmm. Mental health is something that we all experience and we all experience fluctuations in our mental health. Mm. You know, I, I, I know for myself there are days if, you know, I haven't slept well, I've had a dreadful commute to work, I'm stressed, I've had a difficult meeting, the kids are shouting at home. Mm. Th th those are things which over time, if they persist, have an impact and they mean that that I'm less likely to be able to manage challenges when they come up. Mm -hmm. um, so it's something that, that we all experience and I think it's really important to teach young people that early. Mm. And do you think that's this is the kind of stuff that should be taught perhaps more explicitly through the curriculum rather than perhaps just through um, say form time sessions or something? Should it be a part of um, you know a more detailed part of biology for example should mm. it be kind of formalized as, as part of, of what students learn in schools yes I think so mm. um, I think it should be taught as part of the PSHE curriculum mm -hmm. um, and taught early as well what we know is that puberty is happening earlier and earlier so whereas before we might have been thinking about these things in secondary school mm -hmm. now we have to think about them well into primary mm -hmm, school mm -hmm. um, Adolescence is uh, is a difficult time. Mm -hmm. that, that's objectively the True. case, yeah. um, and there are physical and emotional challenges mm -hmm. that that um, that happen during that time. Mm. You imagine going through those challenges when you're eight or nine, as mm. opposed to say fifteen. Mm -hmm. um, so we need to be equipping young people early. Sure. And do we? Know, what do we know about? Um, what these mental health issues that, that children are experiencing um, in terms of the effects that might be having on their, their education and the academic outcomes? Mental health problems have an enormous impact on a young person's ability to access learning, to concentrate, to attend, to focus. Um, and in fact, it's one of the the um, one of the, the main red flags is if you see a child's academic performance mm -hmm. dropping significantly. Mm -hmm. That that's something that that really does um, alert teachers that there may well be something going on. Mm -hmm. um, we know that schools with effective mental health interventions and programs. Um, really do enhance their learning. So uh, we see an 11% improvement in academic achievement in schools that are supporting children's mm -hmm. mental health, 25% mm -hmm. improvement in social and emotional skills, um, and a 10% decrease in classroom misbehaviour mm -hmm. as well. Um, so schools really are 
well placed to improve young people's mental health mm -hmm. and in turn their academic achievement mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting isn't it because sometimes you know obviously the, the mental health problems are clearly affecting um, academic outcomes but at the same time um, you quite often hear sort of exam stress and kind of a, an increased focus mm -hmm. on um, you know, test scores and, and, and that sort of thing is one of the contributing factors. So it becomes a kind of vicious vicious circle, I suppose, mm. in a way, doesn't it? It absolutely does. Mm. And um, exam pressures um, are another factor that's been implicated in, in young people's mm -hmm. mental health. 80% say that exam stress affects their mental mm -hmm. health. Mm -hmm. 80%. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Mm. What's what's the one thing that you think you know as a sort of uh, a, a country or a society we could do that would um, really improve uh, mental health uh, in a, in a general sense? Is there anything that you think you know we should be be looking to? Um, can I only have one? <laughs> you can have as many as you <laughs> want. <laughs> um, well, as as I've said, mm. I think early intervention is so important. Mm -hmm. um, and I suppose if I was going to say one thing, it would be um, that this is everyone's responsibility. Mm. You know, if you've noticed that a young person that you know, and that might be as a teacher or as another professional or as a parent or a friend of a parent, if you've noticed that there's something that's concerning you, to ask mm -hmm. um, and not to feel that... Um, a child needs to be at a point of crisis before you intervene mm -hmm. because actually there's so much that can be done by having a kind, sensitive, well-placed conversation with a young person mm -hmm. early. Mm -hmm. You don't have to wait until they will reach CAMS thresholds mm -hmm. because as we know mm -hmm. those thresholds are very high mm -hmm. nowadays um, and the young person may well tell you where to go. They may well brush you <laughs> off. Uh, they may well not want to talk to you. Yeah. That's fine. They've still clocked that you cared mm -hmm. enough to ask mm -hmm. and that you noticed. And it sows a seed mm -hmm. um, and perhaps they will feel able to have that conversation with you later. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thanks very much, Emma. That was really nice to speak to you about that. I think that it should be really interesting for, for teachers to, to, to learn more.